So week eight of our Head, Heart, Hands series, and I kind of feel like we've got to the crux point in this sermon series. We have learned loads of stuff so far about what it looks like to give ourselves with our head, our heart, and our hands to Jesus. We've known loads of stuff about it. We've heard about Jesus and some of the amazing things that he has done. And we get to this point today, and it is, well, what we have heard, what we have seen, today we put it into practice. And you know what? When I was given the sermon rotor for this sermon series, and my name was against this one, I'm not going to lie, my heart sank. Because truly, I wanted to sit under the feet of somebody else talking about this topic. Because I know, I know that in all I do, I am not being a person who does what I believe. Because this is such a difficult thing to do, such a challenging thing to do, yet something that we are called to do. Look back at the, or think back to yourself at the third week when we first did the head. And Steve preached on Romans 12 and it said this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I was sitting, listening to Steve's talk, thinking, yeah, I know that when I started my journey of apprenticeship to Jesus, that my mind was transformed. And that daily I can be in step in that transformation as I continue to be transformed. But am I daily now being transformed by the renewing of my mind and living that out. I would love it if I could stand here and say yes, but no. My thoughts are not always of Jesus. My thoughts are not always in the spirit of who Jesus is. But I long And I strive that the transformation that I know that Jesus has for me in my mind comes to fruition. And I can strive for that. The heart's weak. It was Steve again. Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I know since the day that I said, Jesus, I want to apprentice to you. I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. I know that I have had a new heart and a new spirit in me, the Holy Spirit in me. And that really excites me. But in everything that I do on a daily basis, would people be able to say, that guy Simon, he has the heart of Jesus. I would love it if it was yes, but it it cannot possibly be. But I can strive for it. The hands. Mark 8. Whoever wants to be my disciple, this is Jesus talking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross 
and follow me? Do I, in every circumstance, live 100% fully for Jesus by denying myself and putting him first? I wish so badly that I could say yes, but I can't. So my heart sank when Steve put me on this one because I wanted to sit at the feet of somebody else and learn what it is to be a person who does what I believe. Saying all that, I do feel that I am qualified to speak on it because I feel like we all together can journey on this this morning and on a daily basis now as we continue our apprenticeship to Jesus. Because I think we can all sit here and relate to what I've just said there, but all relate to the fact that, you know what? I truly want to strive. I truly want to be an apprentice of Jesus whose mind is fully transformed and all consumed by Jesus, whose heart is all consumed with the love of Jesus, with the new heart and new spirit that is within me. And we can all love to say, you know what, in everything I do, I'm going to deny myself and Jesus, I'm going to take up my cross and follow you. So I hope that this morning, with the few things that I do say, that we can truly journey together on this. I do think that this whole topic of being people who do what we believe revolves around one particular thing, and it is making a decision. It's making a decision. Now, I wonder for you, what is the most significant decision that you have ever made? Think about that question for a moment. What is the most significant decision that you have ever made? Maybe it's choosing whether to get married or not. And if so, who your marital partner might be. Maybe it is what kind of line of work do I want to go in? Maybe it's where do I want to live? Do I want to have children either naturally or through fostering or adoption? They're big, significant life decisions, aren't they? Now, ask you a second question. What decision has most altered and shifted the way that you live? I have certainly um, been altered and shifted since marrying Hannah. In a good way, of course. Of course. I've certainly been altered and shifted. The way that my life is has been altered by having children. Of course. Moving here. Of course. But are those things the things that have most altered and most shifted the course of my life? I pray God it's not. Because I pray God that as an apprentice of Jesus, the day that I said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to strive to surrender my whole self to you because of your love for me. 
I pray that that decision has most altered and shifted the way I live my life. Take me as a 15-year-old. As a 15-year-old, the person that I loved the most was me. It was me. I was so incredibly selfish. I don't know how my parents lived with me. Oh, actually, I do, because I was shipped off to boarding school. So that was me at 15. I truly hope that from the day when I was 18 years old, when I said to Jesus, you know what, Lord, you are my Lord, you are my rock and my salvation, that that day shifted the love of myself to be the love for Jesus, the love for others. And I pray now as I stand here in my early 30s that truly, that truly I don't love myself as much as I love Jesus and as much as I love Hannah and the children and my wider family and my friends. I wonder, would I have died for anybody at 15? Probably not. Would I die for Hannah and the kids now? Truly, yes. That moment when I was 18, something shifted, something changed. The course of my life has radically shifted. Hannah may disagree, but I was much less patient at 15 than I am now. That is the truth. She didn't meet me till I was 17. I truly hope, I truly pray that that decision is the most life-altering decision I ever made. But it had to be a choice. I had to make the choice to live in that way. Let's look at the disciples for a moment and their choice when they turned to follow Jesus. This is Mark chapter 1. Let me read a few verses to you. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. This is the key bit. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they immediately left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. That is the choice, a decision that the disciples made which radically changed the course of their life. They before Jesus, they were out on the Sea of Galilee fishing, had a livelihood, probably had homes, families and so on. Day after they met Jesus, the day after Jesus called them to follow him, they were no longer fishermen. They had left their livelihoods. They had left their families. They had left their security to go and to follow Jesus. I mean, that's a radical shift in their lives, isn't it? Day before Jesus, 
the day after they met Jesus. Their choice was immediate. One might say quite impulsive. But isn't it inspiring? At once, they left and followed him. Immediately, they dropped everything and followed him. Now, a choice, I think, starts with a choice with our hearts, our heads and our hands. Not necessarily in a linear way, but I think that we have to make a choice with all three of those parts of our bodies. Let's take the disciples again. I'm pretty sure that the choice to immediately follow them and at once follow them was a heart decision, a heart choice. Would you agree with me? Immediately they see Jesus... They see something that is so unbelievably attractive about him. I don't mean in a physical sense. I mean, he is the son of God. There is something about him which you think, goodness, yes, I will drop everything and follow you. That, that must have been a heart decision. Let's take that for, for us. Love, for example. I'm going to get soppy now. But the first time I saw Hannah come round the corner... I knew that I loved her. You're welcome, baby. <laughs> I knew that I loved her. That was a heart decision. That was a heart choice. I loved her. There was something impulsive about it. There was something truly immediate about it. But it was a choice that my heart made. And then, taking the example of me and Hannah, my head had to make a sort of a conscious commitment to be with Hannah. So we got together, we started dating, I then decided in my head that Hannah would be an incredible wife, that she would be an incredible mum, that we would fit so well together, and that if she said yes, of course, that I would love to marry her. My heart's decision from this love that I had for her then went to my head and I sort of calculated, for want of a better word, whether Hannah would be a good wife. And the calculation in my mind was yes. Take the disciples. They have this heart decision to follow this guy who is so attractive in their minds. But then daily after that, they had to make this head conscious commitment to continue to follow him they'd left everything it would have been so easy to go back to the sort of financial security that they had their families but no they consciously committed to following Jesus apprenticing to him on a daily basis Apprenticing to see what he would teach next. Oh, I wonder what miracle he will do tomorrow. What might he say that will continue to make me into a person like Jesus tomorrow? I'm going to stay apprenticing to Jesus. It is a choice though, isn't it? And then there would have been a consequence a consequence, their hands, they would have been so in love with Jesus. 
They would have known so much about his teaching, what he did. So then when Jesus said, go, heal the sick, drive out demons, tell people about me, they made that decision. The consequence was yes. Yes. My heart choice, my head commitment has changed into a hand consequence. That was the journey that the disciples went on. And I truly think that that is a journey that we go on. As I say, I don't necessarily think it is a timeline between heart, head, then hands. I think they could all happen in an instant. But I just reflect on the disciples and think that must have been the way it went. Heart to head to hands. Is that going to be for us the same today? So let's just look at our passage. Because I think the passage shows us how we do that. How we become people who do what we believe. How we make this choice. How we decide with our heart, our head and our hands to truly live with Jesus. Well, the passage starts by saying this. We are to walk by the Spirit. We are to walk by the Spirit. And there's four elements to us walking in the Spirit so that we become people who do what we believe. Step one, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The moment that you said, or today, the moment that you want to say, yes, Jesus, I want to be your apprentice, I want to follow you, is the moment that you are filled with the Spirit of God in you, in your heart, in your head, in your hands, your whole being is, is encompassed by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus says in John's Gospel. He says this. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. If you want to walk in step with Jesus, Jesus has made that possible by giving us the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, to live in us as he fills our whole being as we walk in step with him. How do we be people who do what we believe? Well, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we need to know, know so deeply in our hearts that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit and that we can be filled daily by the Holy Spirit. This is Acts 13. The disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Know in your heart that daily you can get on your knees and you can say, Father, God, come by your Spirit and fill me anew today. By that and with that and only by that, can we be people who do what we believe? 
We are to be filled by the Spirit, and we can be continually filled by the Spirit, knowing that the Spirit lives in our hearts. But then we have to think of our heads, because the Spirit guides us. The Spirit guides us. The Spirit prompts us. The Spirit is continually talking to us so that we can keep in step with Jesus, so that we can keep in step with the Spirit. He is speaking to us. And we need to know with our heads and we need to tune in to what the Spirit is saying so that we can be people who do what we believe. And finally, fourthly, in this part, it then gets to our hands. And it is, okay, I've been filled by the Spirit. I know the Spirit is in my heart. I know that the Spirit is guiding me and prompting me. Ooh, do I actually go? Do I choose, do I make that decision with my hands to act upon the promptings of the Spirit? That's the tough one, isn't it? That is the tough one. I was in Aldi the other day and I truly felt the Spirit say to me to go and speak to this person who I had never met. Put your hand up if you think I did it. I like all of you, but I didn't. I didn't have the guts to do it. I'm sorry, Steve. Let me down. <laughs> I was prompted. And, I, and I, I knew it was the Spirit talking to me. And I kind of edged, but then I bottled it. I say that to partially encourage you not to do that but partially to say that I am also on this journey I know that I want to be a person who does what I believe but I know that sometimes I don't but we have to choose to act upon it how do we be people who do what we believe well we do need to know what is contrary to the Spirit. And this passage reads a list, and this is not an exhaustive list, but let me just read the list to you and just truly ask the Lord just to speak to you now if any of these particularly uh, hang in your heart. The acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. That is what is contrary to the spirits. If we are apprenticing to Jesus, to know what the spirit is saying, to know how to walk in step with the Spirit, we turn to Scripture. We turn to Scripture, which is not an outdated book, which is not a rule book. It is not a book which stops us having fun. It is a book which empowers us, which frees us, which guides us into the way of being people 
who do what we believe. And scripture clearly says that those things are not how we walk in step with the Spirit. And that is hard. And that is really hard. So how do we walk by the Spirit? By knowing what is contrary to the Spirit. Well, we need to be changed by the fruits of the Spirit. We need to be changed by the fruits of the Spirit that are in us. Why? Because these fruits of the Spirit are the embodiment of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ lives in us by the Spirit, so therefore these fruits of the Spirit are within us. Love is in you. Joy is in you. Peace is in you. Forbearance is in you. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. They are in you. They are in me. However, however, it is a choice. It is a choice whether we say, Lord, thank you so much for the love that you have placed in my heart. May I show that fruit to others. Lord, thank you so much that you are the embodiment of joy. Thank you that lives inside of me. May I be joyful in all circumstances and choosing to be that. When that list that I just read before of what is contrary to the Spirit comes along and those temptations are sat in front of us, do we say, Lord, thank you that you are the epitome of self-control. And Lord, I choose not to be any of those one things that I just read. I choose to deny myself. Not because it is not fun, but no, because it is empowering and releasing to deny ourselves for the love of Jesus. That is how we live as disciples of Christ. We need to be changed by love and act upon it. We need to be changed by joy and make the choice to be joyful. We need to be changed into a peaceful person. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Take any of those things and think back to the day before you became a Christian. The day before that you said, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to apprentice to you. <clears throat> and take now. Has there been a radical shift because of the choices that you have made? That you are more loving than what you were before you became a Christian? That you are more self-controlled than when before you became a Christian. I hope and pray that in my life, I continue to strive to be loving for Jesus, 
joyful for Jesus, faithful to Jesus in all I do. I hope and pray that the shift that happened from prior to me being a Christian at 18 to now is a radical shift. And I pray daily that I make the choice to live more like Jesus. I invite the band up. Can we stand? Because we're just going to pray for a moment. We want to respond to what the Spirit is prompting us. It may be today that you know that you have taken a shift in the past, that you have made the decision to apprentice to Jesus, but actually being reminded today that we are to strive daily to be his apprentice. You just want to say yes to Jesus afresh. Make that conscious commitment to him again and say yes. Lord, I know that I mess up, but I know that the fruits of the Spirit are in me. May they work themselves out in me. If that's you, maybe you want to get some prayer on the side. Make that commitment afresh. Maybe you've never made that commitment. Maybe you've never taken that step. Maybe you truly today, the penny has dropped and you think to yourself, you know what? I'm in. I am in. I want to say, Jesus, I want to apprentice to you and I want to start the journey of my radical shift in my life. Again, come to the sign and be prayed for. If there's anything else you want prayer for, if you need healing, if you want people just to pray over you and hear what the Spirit may be saying for you today, come to the side. But let me pray. Father, may you change us all more into your likeness. May we daily get on our knees and say to you, I make the choice. I make the choice to live as your apprentice. Live within that radical shift in my life that I have made. Lord, may we be challenged this morning and not leave unchanged.